The Upside of Irrationality by Dan Ariely. One sentence summary. The upside of irrationality shows you the many ways in which you act irrationally, while thinking what you're doing makes perfect sense, and how this irrational behavior can actually be beneficial, as long as you use it the right way. My favorite quote from the author is, We are all susceptible to a formidable array of decision biases. There are more of them than we realize, and they come to visit us more often than we like to admit. Dan Ariely Dan Ariely is like a bias-sniffing dog, uncovering psychological fallacies in our minds and then helping us understand them in plain language. Much of his research is based on how we can defeat or use our irrational behaviors in our favor, this book being no exception. Sometimes being irrational has its advantages. For example, when it comes to giving to charity or online dating, where logic doesn't get us and our causes very far. In our optimized world, trying to make 100% rational decisions all of the time seems tempting, and most people would probably adapt a robot-like decision-making ability in a heartbeat if they could. Dan argues that this isn't the best solution, for much of what makes us irrational is also what makes us human and allows us to connect with one another. Here are three lessons to show you being irrational ain't so bad sometimes. 1. You overvalue whatever you create yourself. 2. Pictures and checklists aren't enough to make online dating successful. 3. Self-hurting could ruin your habits in the long run. Are you ready to embrace your irrational side? If not, then you're about to. The upside of irrationality lesson 1. Creator's bias makes you overvalue your work. This answers the question, why does every artist think what they make is so great? In the 1940s and 50s, processed food was on the rise, thanks to color TV and clever marketing. One of the first products to hit the shelves was the Pillsbury cake mix. Baking a cake was now as easy as washing hands. Moms could just add water to the powder mix, pour it in a tray and pop it in the oven. The only problem was that women weren't telling their friends about this awesome time saver. And sales were very flat at first. But why? Baking a cake had become too easy. It wasn't an achievement worth talking about. It felt almost like cheating, so women would rather not tell their friends. Until Pillsbury changed one thing. They removed the dried egg from the mix and told housewives to add one fresh egg themselves. Sales went through the roof. All of a sudden, the cake felt enough like a creation of their own hands so women could pass it as a veritable achievement in front of friends and family. This is called creator's bias, and it shows how much you overvalue your own work, especially compared to others. Simply because of the effort you put into something, you think it's worth a lot, and usually a lot more than what other people do. On a side note, this is the bias big brands play on when they let you customize your shoes, shot glasses or car. It only works when you can complete your efforts though. A girl or guy who teases you a little before agreeing to a date is sexy and desirable. But if he or she rejects you too much, you will lose interest. The upside of irrationality lesson 2. Online dating doesn't work because checklists aren't how we evaluate partners. This answers the question, why does it feel so hard to find somebody in online dating? Young people in my age group, I'm 26, so let's say the age group is 18 to 29, are more single than ever. 
In 2014, 64% of those young people confirmed that they're single. 64%. Why? Well, given so many career options, most of us have become Da Vinci people, jumping from one thing to the next, whether that's schools, jobs, or just side projects, which often coincides with moving to another location. But if you never settle, it's almost impossible to develop a solid circle of long-term friends, and even harder to find the right partner in or next to that circle. For example, I've lived in four different places in the past five years, and moved a total of nine times. Just spelling it out makes me think I'm insane. The market for online dating is therefore bigger than ever. Young people are tech-savvy and the platforms grow and grow. But their results suck. When Dan Ariely looked at the data, he saw that 90% of all time on online platforms is spent looking at profiles and messaging with potential partners. Only 10% of it is actually spent face-to-face, you know, meeting people. But checking boxes on hobbies, zodiac signs, annual incomes, and profile pictures isn't how we evaluate people. Love is the most irrational thing in the world. You'll never feel that spark as she giggles and you see her dimples for the first time, or the chills down your spine when he sits on your bed and sings for you without, well, meeting. So when yours truly used Tinder last year, I installed a system to focus on meeting people rather than chit-chatting. So if you're using one of those apps, actually try that to have a system where you focus on the aspect of meeting more people face-to-face rather than just evaluating checklists and looking at people's profile pictures. The upside of irrationality, lesson three. Avoid short-term outbursts now to steer clear of long-term bad habits later. This answers the question, is it really so bad if we screw up every once in a while? Do you curse a lot while driving? My sister does. It's hilarious. Sadly, it might lead to a lot more cursing down the road. Pun intended. There is a phenomenon called self-hurting, which indicates you look to your past self's behavior in order to determine what to do in a particular situation. Case in point. When the car in front of you cuts you off, your brain instinctively recalls how you reacted the last time this happened. If giving the finger is the answer, you'll find your window rolled down faster than you can say jackass. What your brain forgets, though, is how you felt after reacting the last time. Chances are you felt bad for flipping off a random person and didn't want to do it again. But since it's hard to remember how you felt yesterday at 2pm, let alone the last time this happened in traffic, there's nothing to prevent you from indulging in this bad behavior again. Therefore, short-term emotional outbursts have a much bigger long-term effect than you think. So be aware of them and you'll spare yourself plenty of bad habits. Here's what I learned from The Upside of Irrationality by Dan Ariely. Okay, actually, uh, I would like to spend this additional comment time on introducing you to two more cognitive biases um, that not necessarily work in your favor, but I believe can, at least for one of them, I can think of a scenario. But um, just some quick commentary on the lessons. So first of all, the baking thing is hilarious, right? I mean, you say add water and it feels like, oh my god, this is so easy, right? And you say add water plus one egg and all of a sudden it's like, hey, look, I made this cake. Uh, So funny how the human brain works, but that's actually true. 
And creator bias isn't so bad because it's a good thing. For example, imagine you start blogging. It's very daunting to put your first blog post out because most people are afraid. Everybody is going to comment and tell them it's shit when most people just don't care and don't get any comments in the first place. But of course, you don't know that. Uh, on the other hand, when you get into a rhythm, it makes you take take ownership of your work right and defend it and it makes you more confident in other areas too to just like stand up for the things you believe in so that's how creating and creator bias can long term actually make you more confident which is cool online dating just the other day i wrote about it on quora i was like this is one of the things that's not worth my time um i keep going back to it again and again so every couple months i was like oh my god i'm bored let's try tinder again and it never works out right because i'm super bored i have the same conversations over and over again i focus so much on the pictures everyone does and i don't have this proper system anymore that i used to where it's like let's get to meeting fast but if you push for for a meeting online you'll often come across as sleazy especially if you're a guy um because girls think you just want to have sex with them <laughs> so it's online dating is really it's a rough a post-apocalyptic wasteland <laughs> if you ask me um but if you can find a way to actually focus on 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 meeting people in person so you can have that irrational reaction so you can actually see like how does this person make me feel because often like you online they look like the greatest person ever and then they're boring um I would really encourage, like, that's a way I could see it working. Uh, just recently, someone said, answer to that Quora thing I wrote, where it's like, I'm not doing online dating. He said, yeah, well, I had this cool app where you could like people on Tinder by the hundreds, and I would just like 100 girls, and then maybe five would like me back, because that's the poor ratio we guys get. And then I just talked to those and tried to meet them. So obviously, there's some systematic approach to that that works. But other than that, I mean, the best thing you can do is probably to just you know, focus on living your life and be attentive to who walks into your life at the grocery store and then you're already face-to-face -face and you can feel and make the connection there. So that's what I'm trying to focus on, at least for now. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that turn out, turns out. One last note, the traffic thing. Uh, my sister just told me this week, uh, apparently the average driver curses 32,000 times throughout their life. Um my sister's boyfriend remarked that my uh, sister probably does that every week. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's there's just some uh, random numbers. I hope you'll enjoy. Okay, two quick bias re reviews. One, confirmation bias. Very common, very problematic. Basically, it says you form your opinion and then you look for information that supports that opinion rather than obviously disproves it but rather than just finding out whether that like if that's true and finding good information in the first place and making that your starting point so that can be really problematic because yeah we just support our notions and make them stronger um so that's one you would want to avoid and try to combat the other one I want to talk about is the sunk cost fallacy. And uh, this is part of where the creator's bias comes from because you invest a time in something, you think it's more valuable, and thus you assign a higher value to it. Now, this becomes a problem when it comes to money. For example, a lot of people, they will buy tickets for a concert, say Beyonce, and then that Friday comes and they feel sick and they don't really want to go, but they say, you know what, I paid $70 for those tickets, I'm going to see Beyonce. Um, 
And that's a problem because you think just because you spend money, you're now obligated to go. Uh, actually, of course, that isn't true. And the money is already gone either way. Like, you spent the money and you go, or you spent the money and you don't go. There's no scenario in where you get the money back. So if you throw your time after something where you already spent money, just because you feel obligated to do so is really, it's just, it's like a second bad decision, not one that rectifies a previous bad one. So in this case, minus and minus doesn't equal plus. Um, so that's one I, I really, I really try to catch myself with that a lot, especially in the bigger picture when it comes to projects, like, man, I invested so much time in this, like, should I stop it? Should I continue? And so on. I, I want to be not afraid to abandon things just because I've already invested time and money into them. And I would really encourage you, I mean, look at that in your own life. Like, where do you spend time and where do you find yourself repeatedly spending time and money maybe uh, on things that you know are not going to work out or you don't even want to work out and you just do it because you feel obligated to. Okay, so two more biases to look out for. Hope you enjoyed this this commentary to the book. Dan Ariely, great guy. Lots of cool research. Check him out. Uh, look for his stuff online. And I will see you on the next summary.